Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me tonight, Sir Michael. Hello. And myself, Timothy. Hello. We're a book club for games. But not today. Today, we're going to talk about... The Xbox Series X Games Showcase. The Nintendo Giga Leak. And Valve's Cancelled Game Projects. Let's start with Xbox then. So on 23rd of July, Xbox had their game showcase. The big hitter there was Halo Infinite. And there's been a lot of reaction regarding that. Because it looks like trash. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm only half joking. It, lo- so- it looks alright, but it, it it doesn't look... It doesn't look incredible. It doesn't look like a next-gen game. It looks very... Honestly, I mean, I know rose-tinted glasses and the mind plays tricks and everything, but it doesn't really look any better than Halo 3 in my mind. In fact, if anything, it looks less vibrant and bad. Just kind of bad. Though there's been a lot of analysis into into why this is the case. Yeah, so the feedback has been, it's because of the lighting. They chose a bad time of the day. Yeah, so the new Halo has, what, a day-night cycle? It's, it's kind of like an open-world game with... Sandbox? See? Yeah, more sandboxy elements. Yes. So... Given that everything now seems to be using dynamic lighting, the downsides of that, you know, the, the problem is the light source is moving, right? If you have a day-night cycle, then the sun is moving, and thus you can't use baked lighting, which is how pre-ray tracing games look good. So that is probably why everything looks kind of meh. Digital Foundry did a really good in-depth analysis of it as usual. And they talked about, again, like what's changed since, you know, like Halo Reach and now. So like in Halo Reach, graphics rendering tech, they didn't have like these physically based shaders, which is what everyone's using now. And as a result of that, all the detail was kind of in the the unlit part of the shader like you know the, all the scratches and like the the fine detail was basically just a picture and you lit that picture and that's why you know the assault rifle appeared to have lots of detail on it whereas the new way of doing this is to have just a flat gray color for the assault rifle because it's gray and then all of the detail is in different flavors of kind of like I can't even know what they're called, like normal maps or reflectance maps or 
I don't know, all these different maps that simulate the different properties of the material, which of course have to be lit because that's where all the details coming from. And if there just isn't much light because the light is like diffuse and it's like dusky or whatever, yeah, you just don't see any lighting. You know, if there isn't enough lighting information to really bring out that detail. And so the end result is that it looked kind of meh. Added to that, they chose an art style that was more in line with the original Halo. I'm so confused, actually. Like, I I liked Halo. I've played Halo 1, 2, and 3. But uh, what's even happening anymore? Like, I thought, I thought we were all friends now. Like, didn't they kill the prophets? And why are we fighting the Covenant again? Or it's not the Covenant now, it's the Banished? Or is that Destiny? <laughs> I'm not sure now. Yeah. Anyway, any excuse for a fight, I guess. It could be really good. Who knows? I mean, it's probably not going to be bad, right? It's a Halo game. Yeah. But this time around, it's not just the campaign. They've confirmed that. Ooh, good segue. They're doing a Warzone. The multiplayer is free. Well, it's not exactly a Warzone because it's not. Well, if it actually, you know what? If it's a Battle Royale. Then, <laughs> then it was like, wait a minute. But I, I don't think so. I think it's just regular multiplayer, right? Regardless, it's free. Is it free free? Is it free even without Xbox Live? Even on console? I don't know. Because that's the rumour, right? That is the rumour. You can't buy an annual Xbox Live subscription anymore. Like the longest one you can buy is three months. Yep. And they're pushing hard for you to upgrade to Game Pass, which makes sense. Game Pass is actually a great deal. I mean, I should really buy Game Pass, even though I have no idea when I play any of the games. But it's such good value. But anyway, the rumor is the multiplayer will be free. Well, that part's confirmed, but even Xbox Live will not be required. But you'll just play on PC anyway. I will just play on PC anyway, yeah. I mean, I have a graphics card again, so... Should we talk about the other games? Go ahead. Oh, so many announced trailers. That was one of your comments. <laughs> yeah, there's just they're just cinematic trailers. There's very little gameplay of anything. And it's also all mixed up. Like a lot of these are not Series X exclusives. But that's what Microsoft wants, right? Yeah, they they've said they're doing the console generation thing differently. Right, they're not doing. I mean, maybe they're doing more what I predicted, in the sense of well, I mean, it's not just me. A lot of people have predicted the end of console generations. You know, they're really blurring the line between the Xbox One and the Xbox Series X. Unlike Sony, which is trying to do a much harder generational divide. But the side effect of that is we've got lots of just cinematic trailers that don't really show gameplay and like the one game where we did have gameplay which was halo looks kind of meh because it has to also run on the last gen console i say last gen the current gen console having said that some of these trailers were quite tantalizing like they they have potential right yeah i think the other trailer that everyone talked about was fable this one doesn't even have the hint of gameplay this one is purely concept yeah. But I I think it's cool that 
Fable is coming back. I think we talked about it in the wrap up as something we're looking forward to. I think it was the wrap up, right? There was the rumor that Playground Games, who make Forza, were making an RPG. And now it transpires that that RPG is Fable. So it's Fable without Peter Molyneux. So it won't wildly overpromise and underdeliver. Which is sad. <laughs> Which is sad. But the trees, they'll grow in real time. Just leave your console on for 30 years. You mentioned Forza. So they showed a Forza Motorsport announced trailer. So it's just helmets and garages and cars. But no, <laughs> no gameplay. <laughs> the gameplay is going to look like you sitting in a car and driving it anyway. I guess people want to see the real graphics, though. Yeah. I don't get racing games, personally, so I guess this one's less impactful for me. You were hyped? Yeah, I think it's a really predictable way to showcase your graphics technology. Like same way Gran Turismo 7 is. Yeah. A racing game is a good opportunity to ray trace all the things. There are many, many shiny surfaces in a racing game. Did you want to pick out any? Yeah, I mean, I've maybe just got like a one-liner to say about a lot of them. Go for it. Everwild. New game from Rare. Looks amazing. Like, I really like the art style. It's kind of Breath of the Wild, but kind of also Princess Mononoke, like Spirit of the Forest. No idea what the gameplay is going to be like, because I don't think we've seen any gameplay. Yep. But I, I like the way it looks. Grounded? That one actually did have gameplay. And that one is actually playable now, right? You can go you can go and get it in early access on Game Pass. On Steam as well. On Steam for forty dollars. Oh yeah, okay. Which seems crazy considering that forty dollars would buy you what, like a year of Game Pass. And I think over a million people have clocked into this have have played this game. I was curious because I watched the Xbox Series X, you know, showcase and saw this teaser for it. And then in my YouTube feed popped up Northern Lion tries Grounded. So I watched that and he played it so badly (laughs) that I almost immediately went, bought Game Pass and downloaded it. Like, the man is a genius. Like, how does he manage to play stuff so terribly that you want to play it? just to do it right but also keep watching his videos because i can play something badly and no one will want to watch me play something badly it's because he's so earnest about it it's like it's like that fried rice video <laughs> sorry that's a terribly dated reference that i will have to put something in the show notes for so grounded has the arachnophobia mode how does northern line play Oh, he's just got spiders on. Oh. Spiders everywhere. The, that <laughs> the arachnophobia mode. The arachnophobia mode is cute. It removes the legs. Yeah, and it makes it just like this cute little smiley blob. Yeah, but it still kills you, right? And they said it didn't change the difficulty, so that means you can't damage the legs on the spiders. You can only damage the body only. Interesting. Perhaps. Next. Destiny. Beyond Light. We stopped playing Destiny a long time ago, but the thing I found interesting about this was there's a new character class that is powered by the darkness. 
the darkness. They were the enemy. There was always like nebulously, oh, there's the traveler and the light and you're holding back the darkness. And now you're fighting with the darkness, like as in you're using the powers of the darkness. What happened to the plot of Destiny since we last played it? It's a cool thing. They'll write around it. Well, they must have written around it. They must have figured out what the hell they're doing with the plot, right? Because the plot of Destiny was a total cluster. Like They had no idea what was going on. Like, what's the Traveller? I don't know. It just looked cool to have this big ball. You know, what's the darkness? Uh, we don't know. Maybe you're the darkness. Well, maybe, maybe actually, maybe that turned out to be true. I don't know. Anyway, that's all I had to say. It looks cool. Actually, the it looks graphically so cool. as well. It looks, it looks really good. Looks better than Halo. 100%. Avowed. Oh. Apparently, Obsidian does Skyrim. I'm ready for that. At least it will give Bethesda something to think about. There was kind of nothing to the trailer, though, apart from... I suppose if you view it through the lens of concept, like, you know, showcasing the concept, I did like the whole drawing the sigil with the hand for the magic. You know, that looks cool. I mean, it's probably really annoying from a gameplay perspective. Well, it could be good. I mean, it could be a good balancing mechanic, I suppose, that if you have to, like, trace out the spell before you can throw the fireball. That makes sense. And then there's sort of a casting time. Yeah. Anyway, who knows? Because it's so early. But Obsidian Does Skyrim has great promise, right? Obsidian... What was Obsidian done? There were Fallout New Vegas, right? Outer Worlds. Oh, and Outer Worlds as well. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so their writing is good, right? They know how to make one of these. So let's see. One last one. Oh, yeah, one last, last one. Warhammer Dark Tide. Is this a 40k game? Yeah, it's a 40k game. It's, it's basically Vermintide, but in the 40k universe. So I assume it's going to be like hordes of Tyranids and Gene Stealers or something. I don't know. My knowledge of Warhammer lore comes from reading White Dwarf magazine as like an 11-year-old or something. Oh, you read White Dwarf magazine too? I didn't everyone. Like it was, it's like a phase people go through in the UK. It's like, oh, this is so cool. And it's like, and then you try and paint some miniatures and you're like, this is such a fab. Mike, not everyone. Just those who didn't, you know, come on. J- just those who end up watching 21 hours of YouTube a day and <laughs> finishing all the Warzone ribbons. Yes. Well, yeah, so I did that. I did that too. That's why we do a podcast together. I never played that much Vermintide for some reason. Because it's Warhammer. Because I did actually really enjoy it. Vermintide was a good game. I think it's just hard to get the group together. And and it definitely did not have... If, if one of your party left in the middle of the, the run, you know, like the whole game just kind of collapsed and you really needed a full party. So I guess that's why we didn't play it, actually. It's hard to get a reliable group. But it was a good game. So I'm intrigued.
Let's let's talk about the Nintendo Giga Leak. Nintendo has sprung a leak and just like stuff is gushing everywhere. They like hit an iceberg. I don't know what happened. Is this a continuation of the leak earlier in the year? It's the same hack, they think, right? And just everything got stolen and now it's being drip fed to us every few weeks or months. I don't know, my sense of time is all weird these days. Months. So let's talk about highlights from the leak. Go for it. So there were early Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time maps and they showed sort of beach areas which weren't in the final game and there were actually there were quite a few areas that weren't in the final game and also as well as that was there was a prototype for Super Mario Kart as well as Mario Kart 64. I saw one of the Mario Karts has different title screen music right that was the big thing and then some crazy version of Mario Kart 64 where it's just like flat shaded polygons yes that's the one the sprites from Super Mario Kart instead. My favourite is, of course, L is Real 2401. Because in the strange twist of fate, I wonder if this is why they delayed this leak. It's been 24 years and one month since the release of Mario 64. Apparently, You know what? I have not fact-checked any of this, so this is probably all just like not really true. But there was that rumour... Do you remember? There's like there's that plaque in Mario 64 in the fountain and people were trying to figure out what it says and I, I think it actually says something like a secret star is hidden here or something but people for some reason thought that because you know it's so low resolution that some people interpreted it as saying l is real 2401 and it's apparently been 24 years and one month since mario 64 was released and now luigi has been discovered in this prototype mario 64 you know, source code. So L is real. It turns out Luigi was in all along, except he wasn't because he was cut out. There's also a sprite of Luigi giving the finger in Super Mario World. <laughs> just just to keep it on a lowbrow level. And derpy Yoshi. Have you seen the have you seen the weird Yoshi? Like Velocity Yoshi. Yes. Slim Yoshi. Slender Yoshi. Another one for me was the Pokemon MMO. Now, was this really an MMO? I don't know. From what I read, it was a, a prototype Pokemon game that was playable by connecting a, a GBA to a PC. To a PC? Yeah, connect. you know, you need to connect to the PC to go online. Okay, I did not pick up on it being connected to a PC. Because I, I know there was that GBA connector peripheral to connect it to a GameCube. But... I didn't realise this was to a PC. Here it says, connecting PC would and going online would add a hatch system that used multiple conditions to determine whether Pokemon eggs would appear, feature weather based on the region you're connecting from, and online battle tournaments based on Pokemon Coliseum's code. Okay, so it wasn't an MMO so much as a Pokemon game with online elements. Yes. Maybe. This is back in 2004, come on. That's no excuse. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> I mean, we kind of have a Pokemon MMO now, don't we? In the form of Temtem. Yes. Like, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but <laughs> but we do. 
Super Donkey. That one's super weird. Super Donkey is the Rayman-esque one, or the floaty, floating limbs. Yeah. Supposedly a prototype that morphed into Yoshi's Island, perhaps? I don't know. People are still discovering stuff, right? It's just like this huge trove of stuff. And yes, there's been things like emails as well. Oh, yeah. Internal emails from Argonaut talking about porn being distributed in the office. So nothing is safe. So what's your take on this? I just, I find it funny, right? Because in everything where people are talking about these leaks, everyone says, I don't condone stealing or, you know, obviously this is illegal, but which is true, which is true. But at the same time, it belongs in a museum. Like, it's cool. It's cool from a whole video game preservation angle. And it's just, it's just fascinating to see how these games took shape you know seeing these prototype versions it's really it's a really cool insight you know because usually you just see the finished game or you've you know you've seen these prototype screenshots and you're like oh where's that but you never see the version of the game that it came from and now we've seen it i I don't think it's been i don't think it's harmful right like you know these leaks around the snes stuff the n64 stuff i mean this is decades out of date now right there's no trade secrets in here it's it's cool that we got to see it and i'm although i don't condone illegal behavior you know i'm kind of glad i got to see it though i haven't downloaded the link <laughs> you know i have not downloaded it and gone through it myself i'm just relying on what other people are telling me but they're they're finding fascinating stuff but wouldn't you rather it was all presented to you in a, a proper manner no i want to see the truth i want to see the truth warts and all but you want context, you want the narrative. I I mean, I would like it, but Nintendo won't give it to us. Right? I I'd rather see I would rather see Luigi giving us the finger <laughs> than a beautiful curated version where they try and hide Velocity Yoshi. You know, like I wanna see the derpy Rayman Mario esque character. I wanna see bowser with his stumpy legs i want to hear about i don't know i don't know just all of it interestingly we did get star fox 2 yes but i I still can't believe that actually happened honestly but you're right i think that's the exception rather than the rule definitely you know where's super donkey I think it just adds fascinating stuff to the lore of Luigi, right? We've got Lu- we've got the Luigi death stare. Now we've got Luigi flipping the bird. <laughs> if we didn't get seasoned desisted immediately by Nintendo, we should totally make like foul mouthed Luigi fan games where Luigi <laughs> is just like flipping people off and swearing at them. Yeah, I'm a Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be doing it from a cart as well. Drive by, middle finger. Drive. He just he just gives you the finger and throws a banana in your face.
finally. Valve's cancelled games. Yes. So, this information has all come from the final hours of Half-Life Alex, which is a continuation in the, the final hours of series by Jeff Keighley. So, in this latest, the final hours of piece of interactive media i mean it's not what is it it's like a book it's like a magazine it's got video clips and stuff multimedia experience multimedia experience that's the one yeah so in you know he he goes to valve to see the final hours of whatever project and obviously gets all sorts of history and stuff and presents it beautifully and writes up in a compelling way and yeah fascinatingly he talks about the wilderness years at Valve where they just they just kind of lost it you know because like Valve famously is a company with no bosses right there's no hierarchy at Valve it's not like this person's your manager they tell you what to do and then you have to do it it's you're a free self-organizing collective your desk has wheels on go and wheel it to something you want to work on and the problem is there was a period of years when everyone just started working on different things and they could just never seem to actually finish anything for various reasons, which I've you know, gone into in the whole thing. So you know, I actually do have the final hours of Half-Life Alex. I've been, I've been reading through it. Fortunately for everyone else, though, who doesn't want to have a multimedia experience, IGN have actually summarized these cancelled games so, I don't know, I just thought it'd be fun to talk about them. Or you thought it'd be fun to talk about them. <laughs> it's your suggestion, really. Well, you agreed. I did agree. So, there are nine ideas here. I think three of them are non-VR games, and then six are VR-based games. If I'm honest, I didn't really pay attention to the VR ideas. Yeah, I think a lot of the VR ones are kind of almost just tech demos as well, right? Like, the Half-Life shooter one, if it didn't have the Half-Life skin on it, you know, there's like a dozen games like that out in the market already. So, you know, maybe the VR ones are kind of like whatever. Although, I actually, one funny thing that I didn't realise until I, you know, read this final hours thing is you know valve's the lab the vr experience apart from the robot repair demo all of the other vr experiences were actually made in unity not source oh really yeah that really surprised me including the half-life shooter one it's actually made in unity Anyway, sorry, that's an aside. Let's talk about the actual games. But that makes a lot of sense, because here, as we talk about the actual games, they talk about the troubles they had with Source 2. Yeah, I think a lot of these games, the real reason they just couldn't like cohere and just fell apart was because, at the time, Source 2 was just not there. I mean, writing a game engine is complicated. And... Yeah, Source 2 was not in a fit state to be trying to make multiple AAA games on. Okay, let's start with the big one. Half-Life 3. 
the concept of this is interesting, right? Because they don't actually talk about the plot. No. But they talk about like the meta design of the game, which is they wanted to make a more replayable Half-Life game. So like, you know, Half-Life is famous for these set piece moments, I guess. It was kind of like a quasi-cinematic game. It's like the first sort of cinematic first-person shooter, wasn't it? Half-Life. Yeah. But once you've seen a set piece, I guess you've seen a set piece. And because Valve is all about trying to push the boundaries and make something make something new, they wanted to make a first-person shooter that while it had that narrative element to it was replayable at least that was my take on this and so it was supposed to be a mix of story elements but also procedural generation so it would like plonk down an apartment building and then like seal off a lot of the doors and windows and stuff then populate it with guards and then tell you you know your objective is to rescue this hostage on this floor but the way it generated the building, you know, would be different each time. Which makes sense, because if you remember Half-Life 2, there's the bit where you have to, you're on their hoverboat, hovercraft. Mm. That is a long journey. And if you had to replay that, it would be quite good if you could sprinkle in different objectives along the way. That section in Half-Life 2 was just way too long. <laughs> like That overstayed its welcome. Yeah, so... It's perfect if you were to replay I, I, it. I don't know if mixing it up would make it better. But at least you wouldn't have to sit through exactly the same annoying gameplay every time. It would be a different annoying gameplay every time. Or they could fix the algorithm and make it shorter. I think it's a really intriguing idea. And I like, you know, I like roguelikes. You know, I obviously like procedural generation and randomness and or random generation you know i think you can make really compelling games that way but i don't know if it really worked for half-life like i can't tell because i just think you'd end up in the no man's sky situation where you know you you've got infinite possibilities but they're all kind of the same so what does it matter and so like yes you're mixing up this building but Although it's technically different, it's still going to like play the same, right? Like the building's going to be composed of modular bits, and once you play through those bits, I, I, I just, I just can't see it being that different, right? Like if you if you think about something like the Binding of Isaac, which was like the first of these roguelike action games. I mean, maybe it's not literally the first, but it's the first that comes to mind. It's definitely, it's definitely the the successful one that people remember. And there are only so many rooms in that game, right? Like, if you just had the base skill set in that game of just, like, shooting, and, you know, and you just play through the game like that, the game would be boring. Because although there are, you know, hundreds of rooms, and they could be arranged in, like, effectively infinite permutations, the actual moment-to-moment -moment gameplay is the same. Like, what makes... The binding of Isaac exciting is the weird interactions between all the power-ups and that's what makes every run different but I don't think that's what you know that's not what they were talking about in Half-Life 
right? They were talking about just changing the level, but you've still got the same pistol, you've still got the same shotgun or whatever. Like, I don't know if they could change it enough to genuinely have it be worth playing it again. If you see what I mean. Yeah. But maybe they could and it would have been amazing because there's going to be a time when it does happen, right? Like, and it, it could end up being sooner than we think. Just, just to go outside of games for a moment, like, have you seen what GPT-3 is doing? No. GPT-3 is this AI for generating text. And there was a really interesting text adventure they made using the predecessor, so GPT-2, where it was a text adventure game where you could type anything and the AI would just generate more text to continue the story. But the stuff it generated was like kind of uncanny valley, right? Like it was, it kind of made sense, but it was also just completely insane and didn't at the same time. But GPT-3 is spookily better like it's almost human like the stuff it produces so maybe there will come a point where ai can generate really compelling and new gameplay experiences that don't feel like they're cookie cutter the same element slotted together like maybe it would really be surprising in a good way i can't picture it just yet that's what will make it amazing when it happens. So what happened to Half-Life 3? Well, I think they decided it's too hard, right? Like, so this particular iteration of it never quite came together because of all the Source 2 problems, it sounds like. And also they were just trying to do something crazily ambitious. I think they're still slightly scared of approaching it, right? Like, Half-Life Alex doing a prequel was a sort of less scary middle ground because there's a lot riding on half-life 3 right it's almost better just to get it out of the way and get it over with you know like duke nukem forever you know just get it out there even if it's terrible at least it's done and then we can move on to other things but they could do can they do an episode three i'm so i've lost count it's been so long well they were meant to do episode three they can do an episode three as a baby step as well. They could. Well, you don't need Half-Life 3, in a sense. You just need, you just need closure, right? Because Half-Life 2, episode 2, ended on a cliffhanger. You just need closure. Should we move on? Yep. The other big one is Left 4 Dead 3. I really thought this was coming out, actually. Like, I was really surprised. Because there were rumours about this one there. Or there, there was... There was some stuff leaked about Source 2 and Left 4 Dead. Yes. Because, all, you know, in this final hours of Half-Life Alex, they have a video. They say, like, never before seen video of a reimagination of a Left 4 Dead 2 level, but redone completely from scratch using source 2 and i'm sure i'd seen that before maybe not the video but i'd seen like a screenshot of it so i i i think there was the sense that they were working on a source 2 powered left for dead game though admittedly not the one that's described here which is an open world game set in morocco and again unfortunately this seems to have just imploded because of source 2 
has the landscape changed enough that we wouldn't miss this? I mean, for instance, you've played Dying Light. Do you think that fills the gap? Or Vermintide, right? Yeah, the, exactly. These Warhammer games. I, I think it does fill the gap. I think there are other games that have done it. Like Left 4 Dead was really innovative when it came out, but then obviously it's been emulated since. And yeah, those other emulations of it are good. So, oh, I see what you're saying about the open world element and Dying Light. Yeah. That is really what they're describing here in Left 4 Dead 3, isn't it? Yeah. I still think Valve would do it better. <laughs> okay. Because just because Valve, I was going to say they don't make bad stuff, but then they did make Artifact. Although Artifact's probably not bad, it just failed to like capture people's imagination. Maybe it doesn't have to be made though. Maybe this has been done and it's not breaking new ground for them, so why would they bother now? But you know, the possibility is still there. They can always go back to the Left 4 Dead universe. I also wanted to talk about the RPG. The RPG was codenamed RPG. Imaginative. So this game was going to draw inspiration from the likes of Elder Scrolls. Dark Souls, and Monster Hunter. I can't imagine what a Valve RPG would look like. I don't, I don't think they, they really got that far either. Again, it's like the meta of this game that's interesting more than the game itself, because they talk about it being released in small chunks. What does that mean to you? I remember when I was reading this the first time, like an idea formed in my head of what this could mean. But now reading this again, I'm also thinking like, what does that mean? <laughs> I, I guess you've got, you've got those like basic mechanics of the RPG. And then I, I suppose it's like they're building on the world each time. Like there'll be, is it early access before early access was really popular? You know, like they'll release some version of the RPG where it's just like basic hack and slash and then they'll release some, you know, additional new area where it's more Dark Soulsy, or they'll change up the combat to make it more deliberate and then they'll add in like giant, you know, Colossus type monsters and then it'll become more like Monster Hunter or something. I, I, I could see them iterating and releasing new areas or changing up, you know, the game world, like having a new version of the game world and you, you're trying it again. But changing the gameplay as well, from the sounds of it, from what you're saying. Yeah, iterating on the gameplay. I mean, it's basically talking about an early access game, but just being bolder about it is the sense I got. I don't know if that would be a good idea or not. I mean, it's kind of like what I said that I wanted to get from the Nintendo leak, right? It's like seeing how the sausage is made, which is sometimes a terrible thing, but... Still interesting. I mean, usually, what happens in game development is what has happened in game development, which is like there were all these cancelled games that we never knew about. You know, if not for this, the final hours of Half Life, Alex, we would not have known about these games. Yes. Unless you had a Valve Giga League, as happened to Nintendo. And so. I think that's the feeling I had when I read about this, the idea that they would put out their design iterations as they went. And if they hit upon something special, then they just go with that direction. But it never happened, so 
Lastly, Arty. A R T I. Whatever I'm saying, Arty. What does Arty even stand for? It looks like it's supposed to be an initialism or an acronym, but I don't know what the letters stand for. A light-hearted voxel-based game that allowed for open-ended destruction. Oh, and creation in the vein of Minecraft. There was a screenshot of it. It looked interesting. I like voxel-based games. Like, I like Minecraft. I've always been surprised that some other AAA gaming company hasn't just gone out and made a better Minecraft. Like, it really blows my mind that this hasn't happened yet. Do you not find this surprising? Why is there not just a better-looking Minecraft out there? No, you're right. I mean, that's not necessarily what this is anyway, although it sounds like it's got elements of that with the terrain creation and destruction in a voxel-based way. But I'm still surprised that, you know, EA or Ubisoft or, I don't know, come up with some other big publisher or something, hasn't just funded a game that plays really like Minecraft but is beautiful. There have been a few, but they're not just open-ended creation games. They've always got some other twist on it that makes it worse. What was Fortnite originally? So Fortnite was a survival game in that it's like a wave survival game. You're building a base. Uh, But you can't wholesale change the whole world. You can just build structures on some terrain that you can't alter. You raise a good question. I don't know why no one's tried to build a Minecraft competitor. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, there is beautiful Minecraft now because there's the ray-traced Minecraft. But still, I'm, I'm just really surprised that no company has yet taken the initiative to make a beautiful, better Minecraft. I mean, I suppose better is subjective. I mean, I know what I would like from a better Minecraft. I would want a deeper tech tree. You know, I would want basically the stuff you get in modded Minecraft, but in the base game. With all the crazy circuitry and automatic mining and like alternate dimensions and madness but still with that fully you know uniformly creatable destructible world it's not like a terrain layer which you can't alter or the terrain is like different from the structures you build just make the whole thing out of cubes make it look pretty give me more tech tree i don't know that's not what this was (laughs) anyway that was an aside aside i mean the thing that surprised me about this rt game was that it was actually in development for four years or almost four years. Maybe that's because they did try and retool it as a VR game towards the end. Did they give a hint as to how they'll do development in the future? What, Valve as a whole? Yes. Yes. So the thing I read was their original concept was that people would be happiest when they were working on what they wanted to work on. But then there's now this realization that that's what caused the wilderness years, like, you know, where they they couldn't come together and work on any one thing enough to finish it. And so now they have this slightly different mentality, which is it might not be your first choice of what to work on, but the company as a whole will be happier 
if they can just get together and work on one thing or one or two things, you know, but at least not not like 20 things, which is what was happening before. So hopefully with this renewed focus, we'll start to see more games again from Valve. Yes, I don't know because they're still updating their old games. Their old games just won't die. They're very successful. I mean, deservedly. I mean, the thing is, they have all the Steam money. Epic is probably starting to take a chunk of it. But still, you know, currently my preferred gaming platform on PC is Steam. Still. Same. Steam is a really good product. It's surprising because I hated Steam when it came out. But I love Steam now. It's weird. Is this Stockholm Syndrome? I've just, <laughs> I've just started <laughs> no, to identify so. with my captors. Yes, <laughs> I know Epic's giving me free stuff, but it's really important to make Gabe Newell more money. Now I have, you know, you have so many games in your Steam library. You have to love them now. It's true. It's true. It's what's happened. I have a vested interest in keeping Valve alive because <laughs> otherwise I lose my Steam library. That's how they get you. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club. On Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. On Twitch. As Lost Levels Club. Anywhere else? Reddit slash r slash Lost Levels Club. So, Michael. What are you grateful for today? I am grateful that my gaming PC works again after its brush with death. (laughs) It was only when my PC died and I had no gaming PC that I appreciated how much I liked having a good gaming PC. You know, there was was technically only one day when I had no PC. (laughs) But... It really made me appreciate having a good gaming PC. Especially in the current situation where I just basically can't go outside, right? There's nothing to do. (laughs) You're just trapped at home. (sighs) Yeah, so I am grateful that I have a good PC. So Michael says bye. Bye Bye-bye.